welcome back to your Average Witch Snack Size Edition number 5. It's like a bite-sized version of the longer episodes that come out on the full and new moon every month. In this episode, Byron Ballard talks a little about the afterlife. Casey is back with another story about one of her spells. Taryn, Janie, and Lyra explain whether or not they feel that being a witch is a choice. And you get a sneak peek into the next episode with Tanya Brown. Tanya is the editor of Witchway Magazine, founder of Witchway Publishing, host of the Witch Daily Show podcast, and author of The Door to Witchcraft. You can hear the full interview on the full moon of Saturday the 10th. As I'm sure you've heard me mention before, Anahata's purpose is happening this week, and I'm actually flying out tomorrow, so I'll be away from my mic, kind of. I'll be at Anahata's Purpose in Spring City, Pennsylvania, talking to witches, doing witchcraft, hanging out at the Hive House with my patrons, and of course, crying in the river. There probably won't be time for me to record a snack size before my next full episode after Tanya Brown, but I'll have lots of stories, epiphanies, and heartfelt joy from Anahata's Purpose in a few weeks. Now let's get to the stories. First up, author, educator, and witch Byron Ballard tells us about how she recommends we connect with our ancestors for the first time. Let me offer you this piece that I absolutely believe is true. Is that once once we, all of us, make the transition from matter to spirit, when we go to whatever place your culture believes you go when you die, that we keep our personality, but we also have a broader perspective so that we know that that thing that we did or those things that we did that were so terrible, we are aware of that. And we do what we can in recompense. So the best way to start ancestor veneration is to pick somebody that you personally knew and loved who loved you and who is now dead. That is the best way to start. Instead of, I'm calling all my ancestors in because it's sow and tide, and that's what I'm supposed to do. Well, trust me, if they all come, you will not be happy. Because it's an awful lot of people. So if you can start, and even even if it's somebody that you didn't know, but it's somebody that that in the family stories... Oh, you remember Great Aunt Frankie? You remember her? And she always, she did the biggest, best spread at Christmas time. I love to go to her house because she always made that good punch. And so find a someone in your bloodline that everybody had respect for, even if you didn't love them or, and everybody loved. And go to that person first. Because you don't have to, gosh, I don't, I don't know how anybody could do all your ancestors, because that's that's an extremely overwhelming. Yeah. So if you can do your, and that's what I've been trying to do. <laughs> oh, just take it one at a time, baby, one at a time. So, you know, for most people, but not all people, it's a grandmother, and that was the person who spoiled you rotten and made the cookies that you love anytime you were coming over. My husband had a great had a, an aunt, and his aunt. She always, when he was coming over, she did made him all the things he loved to eat and made sure that his, you know, had special toys and all that. 
So yeah, pick somebody that you that you'd like to have a relationship with. Because that's what it's about, is establishing a relationship. Well, thank you. I will be doing that. Well, let mm. me know how it works. Because I think no I think you may be surprised. Um, I always advise people to start with um, a photograph, if you have one, a picture of the person, and just put it in a special place. You don't have to do a fancy table setting or any of that, just a picture. And then in my tradition anyway, we I mean, we feed people whether they're alive or dead. Let's just be honest. So fee- feeding them, uh, for me, I, I start with some strong coffee. And I do not do alcohol until I know them because alcohol has an interesting effect on spirit folks. And I come from a long line of alcoholics on both sides of my family. So I don't necessarily want to to bring that into the conversation early on. But almost everybody back in the day drank strong coffee. This was part of a much longer interview that will come out later this year. Byron was an utter delight, and I plan on trying very hard to make it to an in-person class with her at some point in the future. After this interview, I immediately went and joined her Patreon, and I recommend you do the same. Next, we hear the familiar voice of Casey of Casey's Corner. Casey tells a little story about an unintentional weather spell, then lets us know her opinion on a question of choice. Hey y'all, this is Casey from Casey's Corner, and I am back with another witchy story for y'all. Um, I told y'all last time about my first intentional spell work, um, but this time I wanted to tell you guys about my first accidental spell work. Um, and just so you know, there is a storm going on outside at this moment, so if you hear any thunder or anything in the background, if anybody asks, I called that up for ambiance because... This story is about the first time I accidentally called up a storm. Uh, it was the mid-90s. Uh, I was in probably elementary school. Uh, Garth Brooks was everything at this time. Um, and so one day, um, me and my sister and a couple of our friends, we were playing outside um, on our front porch doing our usual thing, working up choreography to our favorite songs. Um, and this time it was, you know, Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks, because of course it was everything. I'm pretty sure he had that big live concert coming up. He was doing a tour. Uh, he, he was everything. And so we were at my house on my front porch and this was a big, you know, wide, like, Almost, you know, deck sized porch. This was a, a, you know, white porch with, with a good, like, for us little kids, it was like, you know, almost shoulder height railing, you know, with that lattice work on it and, you know, like a step to the door. And then there was the front door and, and we were, we were there singing those four of us and we were, for some reason, our choreography involved Pretty much it was the pitcher's move for softball. We were winding up our arms and for, and the thunder rolls and we would do, you know, wind up our arms and then the lightning strikes and we would like, you know, it, it was like releasing the ball. I don't know. It was, we were, we were, we were pitchers for some reason, but it felt, it, it was like, it felt powerful for that moment. And it turns out it was a little too powerful because 
we, we, we conjured something. You know, when we started singing the song, it was, you know, beautiful day, the kind of day, you know, you let your kids roam around free and do whatever they want unsupervised. As we were, blue skies, gorgeous. As we're singing, you know, kind of feel a little bit of a breeze pick up. It's fine. And as we're working our amazing choreography, we're winding our arms up. And when we get to that lightning strikes and, you know, throw our arms out in front of us and just, like, we are bringing down the lightning of the heavens ourselves. We did just that. And there, there suddenly was this loud, just loud roll of thunder and just this big gust of wind that kicked up out of nowhere. It, it just happened so fast. All I, all I had time to do was just register everyone scream and get down. And I turn around in time to realize that this wind has blown like the front lining of the front door off and the inside core of the front door off, blown it off and straight at my face, just thwack. <laughs> door to the face and then flies off, keeps going. Anybody get the number of that door license plate? No, it just, oh my God, the wind took it across the way. And <laughs> no, nobody's, we're not worried if I have a concussion or anything. No, we're like, did we do that? Did we? Because we look up and this this storm's rolled in. There's clouds all around us. Uh, we we all better you know we all had to run inside, and real quick after that, and we're left just like freaking out for a long time. Sure that we could not sing that song safely, not without conjuring up some sort of thunderstorm. <laughs> and you know, to this day, I do feel much closer to wind and storms like I do feel at home in them <laughs> is being a witch a choice all right like so many I heard answer this before me I do kind of agree it's a yes or no I know it's a cop-out but hear me out you can absolutely choose to embrace or reject the label witch you can actively choose that lifestyle of your own free will you can seek it out you, you can practice it you can you know, identify yourself as that to the community around you. However, sometimes the society we live in gives us no choice. They recognize the strange and uncanny in you and decide that makes you a witch no matter what you say. Your very nature sets you apart and signals to the homogenous community that you should, you should be outcast from the group whether you like it or not. When that's the case, the only choice left for you is what kind of witch will you be? So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for having me on again, Kim, and letting me tell another story. And uh, y'all can follow me over on the Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to Casey's Corner. Uh, see y'all on the interwebs. Bye. Thanks, Casey. I've always loved that Garth Brooks song. I have not, however, been smacked in the head by a door blown off in a windstorm. So that's something. Let's knock wood on that one. I also like this angle on the choice question. I haven't considered the idea that society may not give us a choice as to whether or not we have to learn and use witchcraft. And I'm excited to get a chance to talk about it more when we are finally on the way to Anahatas together. Travel partner. I'm excited. And I want to thank you again for 
all your help and support. I appreciate you so much as a person and as a witch. Now we listen to Taryn as she gives some insight on the choice of being a witch with an unexpected, at least to me, response. Do you feel like being a witch is a choice? I do. Uh, I do in the sense that I, I feel like most things, there is some level of choice to it. I mean, you can always choose not to do it, even if it's just in your nature. I don't think that's healthy, but I think it's possible. I mean, I for me... I have chosen not to embrace it at different points in my life and I always come back to it. <laughs> it it's it always something always brings me back. So and I I'm in, and maybe in a sense you could say that that's not a choice that it always brings me back, but do you feel like practicing witchcraft is a choice and could you stop? Yeah, I think it's a choice too and I I I have in fact stopped before and started up again. Now, could I stop for good? I I don't know if I could or not. You're the first person to say yes at all to that question. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. From somebody who's been practicing 30 years to somebody who's only practiced like one, mm-hmm. they all said they could not stop. Wow. That's amazing. So uh, this is. I've become fascinated with this, fascinated (laughs) with this question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I may be wrong and someone may have answered yes to this question before, but my sieve-like mind can't recall it. I am fascinated, though, that most of us are saying no without question. Next, I talk to one of my favorite people, Lyra, and how she feels about the choice of witchcraft. Do you think being a witch is a choice? I think choosing to practice is a choice, but I think all that witchcraft is, and this kind of goes back to the first question you asked me, is choosing how you use your inner wisdom. And I think we are all born with very specific spiritual gifts, whether we want them or not, but I think how we use them is our choice. And I think the universe is a very impartial player in how all of this plays out. So I think it is a choice and it isn't, you know, to me, witchcraft is just cultivating a deeper understanding of your inner wisdom and how it works with external elements. So if you feel called to certain things, you can choose to follow them. And if you don't feel called to them at all, you can choose to stay where you are. And then you're kind of left to the impartiality of moving forward, doing nothing, or somehow going back. For you, is doing witchcraft a choice? And could you stop? I wouldn't want to stop. Now that this practice uh, has such strong spiritual ties for me, I feel like I would be very, very lost and very deflated if I were to stop. It would take something pretty extreme for me to stop practicing outwardly. I would say that. But I I feel like um, for the rest of my life, my spirituality will be tied to my practice and the deities I've worked with and the 
energy that I've created and the community I've connected with. I, that won't go away, even if I can't practice outwardly. Hopefully nothing extreme happens because I need to know Lyra is witching it away forever. Now we hear from Janie, who describes what a witch is to her before answering the question of choice. Do I think that being a witch is a choice? My answer is kind of evolving. At one point, I would have said yes, that you had to choose to learn and study and go against what most people consider normal. But as I study and as I learn, I don't know that that's accurate anymore. A witch to me is somebody who basically works with nature and not against it. So yes, we use energies from crystals and from herbs to enhance our spell work or to amplify our intentions, but we don't actively go against nature. So I think the potential to be a witch is in everyone, but the choice to actually practice is obviously a choice. Um, <laughs> which kind of goes into, yes, practicing the craft is a choice. For some of us, it becomes so ingrained that it no longer feels like a choice, but it is, it's still a choice. And do I think that I could ever stop practicing at this point? No. Because of the way I see witchcraft, that would be like, I, <laughs> I would have to actually make the choice to stop doing what was best for the earth or what or working with the energies of the earth. And I don't think that I have that in me as a person. But I think there is a, a big difference between being a witch and practicing witchcraft. Kind of like if you are estranged from your parents, you're still their child, but you're not close with them. If you become estranged from your craft, you're still a witch. You're just not practicing. Like Janie, I believe we all have the ability to manipulate energy. Some are just more aware of it, more willing to use it, and more talented at it than others. Finally, we hear from Tanya Brown of Which Way Magazine, who gives me one of the best analogies for the choice question, and who is a witch, that I've ever heard. Do you feel like being a witch is a choice? Ooh, okay. So here's a way I've always kind of talked about it. I used to have a, um, a best friend who was a professional ballerina, and she would teach children ballet. And she was telling me about her students because I was going to go to their show, right? So she was, you know, like, oh, this is so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And she told me something once and it has always translated for me to witchcraft. And I think it's applicable. 
But she said, you know, student A here, student A has so much natural talent, but they're lazy. And student B here does not have a lot of natural talent, but she's so ambitious. And at some point, they will be equal or the student B will outgrow student A, you know? So I do think you are born – I do think there are people born with talents and skills that lean towards witchcraft. But it's – so many people don't go that route or they don't care to go that route or they can't go that route or they interpret it into a different route. And then you, I think you're people who are not born with any, uh, with those maybe talents or what we would consider maybe which tangent talents, uh, who want it enough and work enough and build it enough and make that choice. So I do, th- I do think it's a choice. That's a really good analogy. The ballet. Yeah, ballerinas, man. <laughs> <laughs> Is practicing witchcraft a choice for her, for you? And could you stop? I don't know if I could at this point. No, I don't think I could. And I think it's just so interwoven by now into like my structure that I don't know if I would know how to navigate life uh, without it. This question, the answers that I get to this question are interesting because Mm. if somebody identifies as a witch so far, no matter how long they've been practicing, because one of my friends has only been practicing for like a year, they've all said they do think it's a choice, but that they couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. Could not, not would not. Yeah. It's kind of like once, um, once you see how, uh, how the world or how the universe, once you see how beautiful the universe is and how interconnected it is and how you're a part of that, it's really hard to choose to away from that. And that's it for this week. Make sure you come back on the full moon of Saturday the 10th. That's the Saturday after this one is released to hear the rest of Tanya Brown's episode where she tells us about familiars discusses the scary speed at which social media spreads the current cinnamon in the front door fad, among other things, and tells a great story about how she discovered one of her more recent ancestors. Thanks for listening. If you would like to tell your story about your first spell, a particularly funny spell, how a spell went terribly wrong, I really like those, to be honest, (laughs) because I relate. Or you want to answer the question of whether or not you think witchcraft is a choice and whether or not you could stop doing it, then you can email me at youraveragewitchpodcast at gmail.com or call and leave a voicemail at 520-230-3896.